Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. How's everybody doing? Uh, you know, I, I'm managing. Um, I got my last four days of practicum coming up. Yes. And so tomorrow, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, I turn 29 on Tuesday. Yes. And then it's the best fucking week of the year. Thanksgiving and Iowa hate week. <laughs> if That's Iowa hate week doesn't get... If Iowa hate week doesn't get your piss hot, then I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. It's like, you know, for years, Iowa talked about how we were their rival and we kind of laughed at them. And then they rose up and they beat us for four years in a row. And it reminds me of that line from the movie Tombstone when Wyatt Earp tells Ike Clanton, you called down the thunder. Well, now you got it. Fuck, man. I can't wait. I can't wait to beat the fuck out of Iowa. I can't wait to talk about it because, I mean, based I on mean, this, we're nine days away from this game, and I can't fucking wait. Yeah, we still have Maryland. Oh, it's Maryland. Crab cakes and football. Ooh. <laughs> Iowa. I, you know, we could lose to Maryland on Saturday and then turn around and beat Iowa and not go to a bowl, but we beat Iowa, and I would be the happiest fucking man in Nebraska. I feel wow. like I feel like you're you're representation of that means that like the Iowa is your Super Bowl. At this point it is. Okay, do you remember last year when the Ferentz boys uh faked the field goal inside the R five yard line to try to put a final nail in our coffin? Yes. I got so I was watching the game with a buddy of mine. I got so pissed about that. And like from a coaching standpoint, I would have done the same thing. Mm-hmm. But because it's Iowa, I got so pissed that I jumped up from the couch, walked up to the TV, and as they were sitting there showing uh, Kirk and Brian Ferentz on the sideline after the field fake field goal got stopped, I was just screaming, "I ought to kick your fucking asses, you fucking cocksuckers!" I I think I remember you telling that story. Like, wasn't there family like, around? Uh, no, no, it was just me and a buddy were oh, watching okay. it. But, I mean, I just – I go nuclear. I mean, and that's what happens when you watch Tommy Armstrong throw four interceptions in sub-zero wind chills in 2015. And when you travel 300 miles with a raging hangover to watch us get beat by 30 in Iowa City the next year. And then they bring up a 50-burger on us in 17. Like, whew, man, I, I'm ready for this. I, shit. I mean, I, I'm acting like I'm playing in this one or something. Well, let's get to it, shall we? Yeah. Okay. Welcome to the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by Coordination.com, a legacy member of the Jittery Monkey Podcast family, of course, proudly affiliated with the SB Nation Podcast Network. My name is Greg Mahachko, flanked by the other two legs of the tripod, Hoss Reuter, John Dam Johnston. Guys, I tell you what, we, we heard a little bit there. Uh, Hoss is awfully fired up. That's right. The tape machines were rolling, uh, but before <laughs> before we uh, jump too far ahead, we're g- we're going to talk about it. we're I've got a challenge for Hoss at the end of the episode. We're really going to uh, uh, 
put the strain on him. We'll do that uh, a little bit later. Um, we got Maryland coming up, but we got to talk a little bit. Got to put a bow on Wisconsin week. Uh, John, you and I and Nate shared our thoughts in the uh, post-game overreaction uh, episode. Haas, I, I mean, I don't want to drudge it up too much. Um, you know, Wisconsin came in. They, they won 37-21. to 21. Anybody who listened to the you know post-game episode, I think there were a lot of positives to take away. Like, I felt better, you know, effort, uh, I, I think, was there. It, we, we just got beat. We got beat by a better team. But, uh, you know, we were only the second team all season long, Haas, to uh, uh, run 200 yards, run for 200 yards or more on Wisconsin. So uh, that was a good sign. I mean, Give me your thoughts on, on what transpired last Saturday in Lincoln. You know, I probably yelled at the TV during the Wisconsin game more than I have in the past few weeks while watching Husker football, obviously. Uh, much like about Iowa, Wisconsin gets the piss hot. You know, when you haven't beat a team since the iPhone 4 was brand new, you know, you're desperate for a win against that team. But – we played well enough to win the game, um, offensively especially. Defensively, um, the effort was there, but we just weren't in the right position, and that's both schematically and from a player standpoint. And We struggled to tackle, but I thought it was Frost's best game plan of the year um, on offense. I thought the execution of it was really, really, really good. Uh, unfortunately, you can't – march into the deep into Wisconsin territory four times and not come up with any points. Right. I mean, that's not a recipe for disaster or that's not a recipe for success. That's a recipe for disaster. <coughs> and, uh, I mean that first drive, if that's seven, nothing, and then say you get that turnover and then you go up 14, nothing. Uh, I mean, it's, it's right there that we could have really been, Honestly, winning this game something like forty-five to thirty-seven. We're inches away. You know that, that's the thing. I know a lot of people want to scoff about what Frost says after games and what he says during the week, what his coaches say during the week. But that was spot on. Like you can see, you got flashes of what the final evolution of this rebuild could look like, going toe to toe against a very, very, very good team. That's just flat out having 12. I mean, really just kicked your ass for the past seven years. And we were, we were right there. I mean, you know, just got to clean some stuff up. It's just the, in a game like that, it's the small stuff that just adds up over time. I made a statement. I'm, I'm going to stand by it, if not double down. Uh, made a statement in that post game episode uh, about Wandale Robinson and how his absence. While you you miss his production, certainly, but they have been leaning on the f- true freshman a lot this year. Uh, but in his absence, uh, Dedrick Mills really had the opportunity to step up. Uh, didn't do it alone, Haas. The offensive line looked perhaps as good as it's looked all season long. Yeah, and <clears throat> they played their balls off. Um, they, they looked really solid. There were a few issues against Wisconsin's nickel package when they have stand-up linebackers as defensive ends that uh, got us on a few sacks in crucial situations. But all in all, like 
when they were asked, when the O-line was asked to block outside zone and, you know, reach and seal their defenders away from the perimeter, those guys did a great job. Um, there's probably about five plays in the course of that game that stand out to me where Cam Jurgens was helping the guard secure the nose, and then he's climbing up to the second level and sealing off a linebacker. And I sound like a broken record, but that's something we haven't had from a Nebraska center going back to Dominic Rayola in 2000. And the tackles played pretty well. I thought that Bo Wilson had his best game of the year. I thought that Trent Hickson has shown really good improvement since being benched against Minnesota. And I left that game really encouraged. I mean, I was pissed. Like, I wanted to beat Wisconsin. But, you know, the offense, aside from not executing in the red zone and deep in Wisconsin territory, they got nothing to be ashamed of. Got to get fixed. But, you know, you did what you could to put yourself in a position to win. Two words that we've used for (coughs) over a a calendar year now, and you've used them more than, than most, Hoss, Incremental improvement. Uh, I think we saw a lot of it, it you know, from mm-hmm. from the uh, – uh, now I'm, I'm blanking. Uh, from the, what I guess, Purdue game to the Wisconsin game. I mean, I know they had a, a extra week off there with that second bye. Um, <clears throat> but it certainly was, I think, an, a positive omen for things to come. Uh, you know, we got – we're guaranteed two more games this season and then another off season that could be could feel long or it could you know feel a little bit better with some positive momentum going into it well let me put it this way if we play if we execute on offense against Maryland and Iowa like we did between the 20s against Wisconsin and clean up the red zone issues the missed assignments, the play calls that were maybe a, uh, a bit lacking for what we needed, and really focus on you know executing the red zone and then getting stops defensively. I think that we can go two and zero these next games, and then we'll be in a bowl. And yeah, it might be Detroit, and or it might be Yankee Stadium in late December. I mean. Don't football players just dream of growing up, just dream about playing in the pinstripe bowl? (laughs) Um, But it's a bowl game. It's a bowl game that we haven't been to since 2016, which has seemed like a pretty long time ago anymore. So we play that way, like we did against Wisconsin, and clean up the mistakes. We should go 2-0. I mean, Maryland looked scary at the beginning of the season when they rung up 70 points in two consecutive games to start the year, but they've dropped off. Yeah, they got athletes, but that's a game that we should win. And then it brings up the one-game roll of the dice against Iowa on Black Friday, 1.30 p.m., and you just leave it all out there. I mean, really, just leave it all out there. you got a month to recover for the bowl game if you're if you win. Leave nothing in the tank. Leave no doubt. Just get after it. John. What? How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm trying to latch on to Haas's excitement here. Which is funny, and I say funny because you have been Captain Optimism for, you know, the, the better part of the season. Always hopeful, always always bringing the, the, the silver lining 
we talked, uh, you know, shortly after the game on Saturday, uh, you were gracious enough to grant me a, a reprieve to have a little bite of lunch before we sat down to record. Thank you again for that. Um, but, you know, it's been almost a week now. H- has anything changed in, in your mindset from, you know, Saturday to, you know, present moment? You realize when I do these interviews, I don't remember them after they're done. I mean, it's less an interview and more of a conversation with friends, but okay, if you want me to be formal, I can... Well, you know what I mean. I mean, I do these (laughs) podcasts and most of the time they just, they go away out of my mind because my memory is really that bad. People don't realize that and I hate to admit it. Uh, Has anything changed? No, I'm I'm kind of where Haas was. You know, I know there's people that want to say, oh, is this the best we can do? And is this the best we can hope for? And look at how far we've fallen and wow, wow, wow. Well, fuck. Yeah, it probably is. So, you know, you just kind of accept it as it comes. Um, I, I want to. I just want us to beat Maryland and then, and then focus on the week after that. We, I mean, can, we got to beat Maryland. Maryland's not a very good team, and they've been had the shit beat out of them by a lot of people. And one of those teams better be us. We didn't Fuck, talk yeah. about it. Uh, I mean, as far as looking to the future and continuing to build the foundation or rebuild the foundation, I don't think we talked about it at all Saturday, and, and certainly we haven't had a chance to visit with Haas since the news broke, but it was announced Saturday that Scott Frost got a two-year extension. That purely has to be at least I'm, – I'm not smart. I'm just guessing. Uh, but that purely has to be looking long-term, looking to continue to build – rebuild this program it, it certainly isn't you know bill moose you know, writing checks based on one four and eight season and one currently four and six season it, it has to be bill moose having that long-term faith in scott frost right john <laughs> well you know a lot some people would point out that bill moose did bankrupt washington state's athletic department but here's the good news we're not washington state okay so if we had to buy out Scott Frost at point, some point, I don't think anybody really gives a shit about the money. They'd be more disgusted with the fact that this didn't work out. So the two-year extension, I think, was just a – I think it was a big fuck you to the media, honestly. And I think it was uh, – you know, you've seen Willie Taggart get fired. Uh, who is it? Chad Morris at Arkansas get fired. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not even two years into their jobs. That – well, correct you know, me if I'm wrong. Had, maybe you looked at how many – I mean, when you looked at how many people were not showing up to Florida State games, maybe that's something you felt you had to do. But I'll tell you this, nobody wants to go coach there because their athletic director and the people that are running their university are batshit insane. You know, sometimes you just got to take these things and go through them. Uh, yeah, I think the two-year extension – I don't want to give the Omaha paper that much credit, but I think it was really just saying – you know, you people that are writing this hot sheet, hot seat stuff are just full of shit. That's what you are. Haas, um, you know, you look at – there are some parallels to, you know, with Nebraska and Florida State. Both had some, you know, long-seated uh, kind of legendary coaches. Of course, we all had, you know, Dr. Tom. They had Bobby Bowden. Is your opinion, because you're a Husker fan, not a Florida State fan, but are, are Seminole fans kind of looking for that second coming of – of Bowden, much like, you know, we are fingers crossed that, you know, Scott Frost is going to be, you know, the guy to bring us back to prominence. And, and if so, like John said, no coach is going to want to go there because they just chased off a guy. Now, now I think that in, for Taggart, he 
you know, failed upwards. You know, he didn't do all that hot at, at Oregon. Yeah. Um, so he might he not had have a year. Yeah, but he, he might have had – but it's not like he didn't get fired. He he got plucked, you know, from Eugene. Um, but he he wasn't that good at Oregon. Who who would who would be Florida State's go to pick? You know, for, as far as coaching goes, Haas. And any idea? I mean, I I saw Deion I Sanders was a name go. that was tossed around, but I think that's more you know National Enquirer than Sports Illustrated reporting. I think they need to go after Matt Campbell from Iowa State. Okay, uh, you know, guy who does less or does more with less. And somebody who can really coach his ass off and then being in a fertile recruiting ground like the state of Florida will be able to get guys into the program that can really take his coaching to the next level. I think that's the no-brainer. He's a Midwestern guy, though. He's from Ohio originally. He spent most of his coaching career in the Midwest, so that might be pretty difficult to get him out of Ames. Um, He's probably more along the lines of waiting for a big-time Big Big Ten job to open up like Michigan State. But – yeah, I mean, I think Florida State's I, – I, there are a lot of parallels between Nebraska, Florida State, and Tennessee. You know, three-storied programs who had great success, legendary coaches, and they're all waiting for the second coming. And I think the two-year extension, while I was a bit surprised by how it broke Saturday morning, you know, before the game, I think it's the right thing to do. I think it shows, you know, because you got to figure that opposing coaching staffs are negative recruiting us on the recruiting trail telling guys, you know, Hey, Scott Frost is on the hot seat when in reality he's not, but it just kind of highlights the university's commitment to giving Frost time to rebuild this thing. And I wouldn't be surprised if that contract extension came with some caveats of maybe making some personnel changes on the staff, you know, at, at some of the assistant coaching positions. Well, it is a it is a public contract, so somebody sooner or later will dig it out. Yeah, I mean, what's to stop them though from having more of a gentleman's agreement and not including that in the contract, though? Well, nothing, but you can't enforce it then. Yeah, that is true, but you know, now there's you know. no gentleman's agreements anymore. My God, this is why you're young and I'm old. Do you know how many lawyers there are in America? Oh, yeah. Enough that a lot of lawyers graduate from law school and can't get a job. Right. You ever been down to the – well, yeah, you used to live in Louisiana. That whole state's filled with unemployed lawyers. I want to throw a, a nightmare scenario out at you, Haas. Wait, what is it? Is it is it the civil war that's going to break out between Elvis impersonators and lawyers? <laughs> All right, what is it? So when – Michigan does not beat Ohio State in the game, and Jim Harbaugh has gone winless in the game and and underperformed in Ann Arbor, and he gets tossed out on his ass. Then they hire Matt Campbell, as you said, who's waiting for that prime Big Ten. That would not be good. That would not be good. That would not be good. Want to throw that out here? I mean, I I say it would be good because it would. I you know Nebraska being in the West and and Michigan being in the East, it would shake up the East quite a bit. I think it might uh, loosen Ohio State's you know stranglehold on on that division. 
and Nebraska doesn't have to see Michigan every year. So, no, but I just I just fucking hate Michigan to the point that I don't want to see them have nice things. And that's funny because wow. I I I dislike them slightly less than I dislike Ohio State. Oh, I hate them more than I hate Ohio State. Interesting. I've always Michigan since day one. I was at the 05 Alamo Bowl when I was 15. That fan base is some of the most arrogant pricks I've ever come across. Oh, the game's just a glorified scrimmage for the Big Blue. It'll be over halfway through the first quarter. Oh, we're a public Ivy institution. Oh, who gives a shit? This is a football game, not a study hall. Gosh dang it, I love wow. you so much. But every I, Hoss, I love it when you get to ranting. Oh yeah, thank you. Um, so that means a lot. <laughs> it should, by God. Um, so now we turn our attention. I, I guess we we don't have really anywhere else to go, but turn our attention to Maryland. Um, you know they they had some good offensive performances to start the season. Have not played particularly well. Uh, here as of late, it it seems to me that they're you know a team that has nothing to lose. You know, I mean they've lost to Indiana. They've Maryland? lost. Maryland. Yeah, well, they're coached by Mike Loxley. I mean, I'm, it, it, this isn't exactly Matt Campbell or the Matt Campbell coach team we're going up against. But then again, we aren't exactly the '85 Bears. We're more like the uh, 2019 Bears. That's fair and sad. But damn it, we should win this game. Seriously. Like, there's no excuse for it. We, we've, we've shit the bed on more than one occasion this season. I hope to God that's out of our system. Everybody should be focused on this. Everyone on the team should be focused on this game. I know it's a long road trip. I know it's late in the year. I know it's... You know, you got a short week against Iowa coming up. But damn it, this is the first step in securing bowl eligibility with two games left to go. If somebody's not dialed in, you might as well hang up your jock strap because you ain't worth your salt as a football player. And this is they they lost to Penn State fifty nine to nothing. They lost to Purdue forty <laughs> to fourteen. They played deep to Indiana decently, thirty four to twenty eight in a loss. They lost to Minnesota fifty two to ten. Lost to Michigan 38 to 7. Ohio State 73 to 14. This is not a good football team. Their this last. Is, it, right. This has got to be a loss. They lost to Purdue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, guys. Yeah, got they got destroyed smacked. by Purdue. Um, their last win came joke. October 5th, uh, 48 to Same 7. Same day against, as us. Yeah. 48 to 7 against Rutgers. Well, here's my bold prediction, guys. A streak is going to be broken on Saturday. <laughs> wow. Take you all day to think of that one, Chief? <laughs> Shut up, <laughs> Um, We'll get to predictions here in a little bit. Uh, clearly not. I, 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 Hoss, you mentioned just briefly a minute ago, you know, you've got the short week against Iowa coming up after that, but – this is Nebraska's not a team that's good enough to be able to look past anybody. Nope. You know, um, nope. you got to be locked fuck in. That yeah, absolutely. And you're going as you if mentioned. Your piss ain't hot by the time the wheels oh, touch geez. down in College Park, Maryland. Get back on that flight and fly the fuck home. You got to be locked the fuck in. 
You, you, you've really been uh, appreciating that, that Garrett Nelson phrase, haven't you? I've been saying that for years before you did. Well, you did. I heard that first time I was playing high school football back in the Stone Age of 2006. Back when football was football, by God. Back when concussion protocol didn't exist. Yeah, well, that too. Um, yeah, so, no, it, I don't want a good game. I want a one-sided affair. I want Nebraska to go out, exert their dominance, show what they're capable of early, set the pace. Step on somebody's throat. Yeah, that's exactly what they need to do. Uh, you, you look at this Nebraska team, they have not finished strong since Northern Illinois. I mean, that was... Yeah, uh, you know, I'm, t- I'm tired of, of us looking like, you know, something that Denny Green would be pissed off about, about having a team on the ropes and we let him off the hook. We need to learn how to step on somebody's throat and finish them. You know, we let... We let Indiana back in. We let Purdue back in. To a lesser degree, we let Wisconsin back in. I mean, we we were right there with Wisconsin. We should have been able to keep the, our foot on the gas. Even Illinois. You know, we I mean, got at Colorado, you know, Illinois, you know, that slow start. South Alabama. Northwestern. We've got to learn. If we get a two-possession lead, you know, or let's say 17 nothing. Learn to step on somebody's throat and finish and find the finishing blow to go up another score and break their will. This is a, a important question I want to ask about mindset or or not mindset, but um, you know, like playing tight versus playing loose. You get up. I mean, when you're in the position that Nebraska's in. Now, Maryland is not going to get to a bowl. I think they only have three wins on the season. They are essentially out of contention for, for any well, postseason. It's going to be a lot tougher for them to be motivated. Well, they have the opportunity to come in and, and you know, as a lot of teams do, play spoiler. You know? um, yeah, but they think they give a fuck about keeping Nebraska out of a bowl game. I don't know. You think they really do? Playing for pride? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. If any, if any football player has pride, they should. But you're sitting at three wins on November. You know it'll be November 23rd by the time that the game rolls around. Sit with three wins. You're ready for the season to end. There's probably about ten guys on that team who really want to go balls out and win their last two games so they can, you know, do the right thing and walking out with their heads held high. But I'm willing to bet that a good majority of that team. Just doesn't give a shit. And especially when you consider the karmic baggage that they're dealing with from the past few years. You know, the firing of DJ Durkin, the death of a teammate, the drawn out, you know, lawsuit litigation that stemmed from that. You know, these guys are probably, they're probably in the tank emotionally. I want to talk more about Nebraska's mindset or. or Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There is one more thing there. It's basketball season. Maryland's ranked number six. Yeah, so they don't give a shit about football. Pro- they'll probably be – their fans will probably be thinking like, oh, can't wait for that game where the U of M plays Maryland Eastern Shore. <laughs> University of Maryland, Baltimore County Credit Union. Exactly. <laughs> the fighting bills. Um, when, if, you, if you are a player – for Nebraska going into you know week eleven of or I mean 
I guess technically it's week 13, but game 11, we'll say, are you loose or and re- relaxed or are you wound up pretty tight, Haas? I mean, I, I would imagine that you're you're wound pretty tight because, I mean, well, I mean, you're always wound tight and that's what we love about you, but, uh, but you know, you're trying to do everything you can to, to extend the season. You know what I mean? So you might be, might be playing, uh, playing a little stiffer than normal. You might be, but you also might figure, you know what? We've learned some hard lessons this season. You know, we got our fourth win October 5th and now it's November 23rd and we got to try to win two more games to go to a bowl for the first time in three years. Uh, you should be confident. You should be confident. You're playing a team that has three wins. You should take the lessons learned from past games. You should use them, you know, as a learning experience and go out there ready to just cut it loose. Just ready to cut it loose. You play physical, assignment sound, fundamentally sound football and play with some nastiness. I mean, your livelihood, your future of this season is on the line these next two games. There's no room for error, but if you're going to make a mistake, go 100 miles an hour. Just cut it loose, you know. This is only the second time that these two teams have met. Period. Not just, yeah, you know. Yeah, first one was the Riker Fife show. Yeah, first one was, uh, you know, just about three years ago, uh, the 19th of November 2016. Uh, Nebraska won that one uh, on the home field, 20. 20- 28 to 7 and uh, you know it's just it's it seems mind-boggling you've got so much history with so many teams even teams that maybe you didn't necessarily you know play well let me refer even teams you might have played out of conference you know before joining the Big Ten uh, and then there are teams you've played a lot you know in the last 10 years and then there's this one little game <laughs> Against uh, Maryland uh, from three years ago, so it's it's kind of we're not a whole lot of history to draw on. There's not any. Th- there's zero point. There's no zero, hate. No, no hate. Yeah, I was gonna say there's zero point zero rivalry. You know, it's. I, I don't know. It's just a. It's gonna be a weird. I don't know. It, it's it's gonna be the opposite of last week, and it's gonna be the opposite of next week. Uh, because we've got some history with Wisconsin, and obviously we hate Iowa. So, um, yeah, it's I, I don't know I don't know what to think. I don't. I mean, I just hope they go out, perform well, kick ass, and like you said, Hoss, get back on the plane and get the hell home and get ready. Get ready. Uh, so I get ready. Any? I mean, anything else before we get to predictions? I, I don't really. I don't, it's so sad. We don't have a whole lot. We're going to have a ton to talk about next week, but I don't think we're going to have a whole lot else to talk about with Maryland Terrapins, which we're almost 32 minutes into this episode. That's the first time I actually said Terrapins. Um, so that just goes to show how much we care about them. Uh, John, anything, anything else that you want before we get to predictions? Not really. Yeah. I mean, there, there's, you know, like I said, I mean, this game should be a win for Nebraska. If it isn't, uh, it's going to be a horrible setback because, of, I don't know, what it looked at least like some little progress. And you just, I mean, we you would put it this way as the guy that runs the website, uh, this, this, like you mentioned earlier, this offseason can be 
unbelievably horribly long and depressing and shitty, or it can be have a little bit of hope to, at the end of it. You know, at, at the end of the season, that gives us something to look forward to going to next season. Mostly in that, what that specifically means is we don't have to listen to those sons of bitches who are the naysayers and the doomsayers and the miserable bastards in our life hammering us into the ground for like eight or nine months. So there's a lot left, you know. Get this win and uh, go on to next week, and we'll see what happens. I like it. Hoss? I'm with John. Got to get this win and then get ready for next week. And, uh, you know, if we win these next two games I, and get to a bowl, and let's say we win a bowl to finish seven and six, that paints the offseason in, in a very different light. And, you know, similar to when Mike Riley – in 2015, got us into a bowl at five and seven, and we played UCLA and won, and that turned what would have been a very miserable offseason into a very cautiously optimistic one. Before we get to predictions, can I share a, a fun family story with you guys? Sure. So this past Sunday, uh, you know, after church, after breakfast, and everything else. Uh, we were all, as a family, hanging out on the couch. I think we were enjoying the new Disney Plus app uh, and, and watching a cartoon or something like that. And my wife, she's laying down because she works nights and she's always exhausted and she falls asleep. And I'm sitting there and I make the mistake of like for five or ten minutes, I close my eyes. So that meant that the only biped in the house who was awake was our almost four-year-old son. Uh oh. Yeah. Did I mention that uh, they they spent Saturday evening making cookies, and apparently not all the ingredients got put away. I woke up, oh. I turned around, and my son, who I love dearly, had <laughs> had made an, an indoor winter <coughs> wonderland with the flour, and that was everywhere. Like he was covered. In flour. Like, you would have thought that he had put on, like, white clown makeup or something like that. He was head to toe covered in flour. I had to strip him off, put his clothes in the wash, got the vacuum out, started cleaning, did the mop afterward. It was, it was a mess. And then I got in trouble. Here's the fun part. I got in trouble for closing my eyes. My wife's like, well, I just can't ever take a nap anymore because every time I do, you end up falling asleep and then he makes a mess. I'm like, well, sorry. So... Um, anyway, it was, it, it would you take pictures. No, because we've already done the what? pictures before. Uh, this is not the first time he's made a mess like this. The first time it was with Nesquik powder and he thought it was like dirt and he was taking his little like hot wheels trucks through like they were on a, on a dirt track or something. The second time was a, uh, a bottle of baby powder that was up in his bedroom and, uh, you know, s smaller, but similar result. Uh, so no, I didn't. I I didn't take pictures because you know you put that on social media or something, and it gets a lot of likes and a lot of laughs and things like that. And then even though he's not on Facebook, obviously because he's almost four, uh, I just don't want to perpetuate the shenanigans that are my son's behavior while we sleep. So, needless to say, I'm going to start ivying the coffee to make sure that I never fall asleep until he falls asleep. And uh, so. Strategy. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah. So might have to get you some meth. Nope. Yeah. 
Nope, I'm not in South Dakota. <laughs> Matt, we're on it. <laughs> so, uh, all right, predictions time. And, John, we're going to start with you. 34 to 3. Ooh. Ooh. Hoss. Oh, you know, earlier today I was thinking that I wasn't going to give a prediction because I'm not, well, I'm not superstitious. I am a little stitious. <laughs> and, uh, I thought maybe I'd break the cycle. But in the spirit of playing along, I am going to go Nebraska 31, Maryland 17. All right. I like it. Um, I'm going to make a bold prediction, and that is that in anticipation of the Black Friday matchup with those sons of bitches from Iowa, we're going to go on, up on the pit. Yeah, We're going to uh, uh, go to College Park, Maryland, take on the Turpins, <laughs> and we're going to beat them 49 to 14. I like we're it. all we're all pretty confident about this game. I, you know, I think you realize that we're only a four point favorite. All right, guys, we're gonna have to have a halftime check in in the Slack chat room <laughs> if if things go awry, just to make sure that all of us are okay. Here's the thing. Well, yeah, I, I think I think I've mentioned this before. It's a two thirty uh, kick. I have to work on Saturday. Uh, because, hey, when you deliver uh, and, and you take a couple days off, well, you shut down you know, for a couple days for the holiday, you got to work ahead so that you don't fall behind. So I'm working Saturday, and Saturday is also my wife's birthday. So I think I'm going to get around to watching the game on Sunday. Okay. So pray for me, because it's going to be tough to stay off. I will. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough to stay off of social media. Hoss, you're going to be in charge yes. of... Uh, uh, the Five Heart Podcast uh, Twitter account. John would probably be a better person for that because I, uh, you guys see it on Slack. I very rarely am on my phone during games. Here's what we'll do. I already do the main Twitter account. And I've already get I get myself in trouble with that. Here's what I'll do. How? I will. I'll, I'll watch the game on Sunday, and I will uh, tweet at it like I you know, like I don't know. You know, like I'm just going to give a 24 hour delay. Everybody's gonna say, "Wow, he's he's insane." Uh, but yeah, that's what we'll do. I'm gonna watch it for the first time on Sunday, and I'm gonna tweet my reactions just like I would if I was watching it live. So everybody, stay tuned to that uh, at the number five heart podcast on Twitter, uh, Facebook.com/slash five heart podcast, or just uh, search in your search bar for five heart podcast on Facebook. Uh, he is at Hoss Reuter. He is at Coronation. He refuses to get his own uh, Twitter account. That's probably safe for John Dam Johnston. I am at uh, thehooch36 if you decide to throw us a follow be part of the conversation. And uh, that's it for this episode of the Five Heart Podcast. For Hoss Reuter, John Dam Johnston, myself, Greg Mahachko, we remind you this week and every week that Five Heart is all the heart you need. John? Go Big Red, let's get to a bowl game. Keep your piss hot, win the damn game and get ready for next week. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Jittery Monkey.